0: He packed up a suitcase Cause the deal gone down She was slipping on her stockings Lord, it made a sweet ass sound
2: Was a baby in the reeds Along the river outside of town As he wound his pocket watch to set time spinning them all around Wasn't
0: long they'd be forgetting this old rainy Texas day Little fella wasn't
2: meant for this old world anyway
0: Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, your podcast that is counting every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson, joining me um, as I wind my pocket
1: watch. (laughs)
0: Because <laughs> I don't want to imply that you're wearing stockings. My I never wear stockings.
1: Really. So <laughs> uh, yes. You might be more likely to wear stockings than me, Jesse. Yes.
0: Um, we are continuing, working our way through the seas. And today's episode is Cold River, which is kind of a different one. And so it I'm is. really looking forward to talking to you about this one. But um, in the meantime, how are you been?
1: I've been uh, great. You know, I'm kind of coming down from my uh, trip to New Orleans for Jazz Fest and uh, getting excited about Lily uh, coming to the area. Looking forward to uh, seeing John later this summer with my mom and my aunt. So it's kind of all as well in Sylvan world. I don't have a new album problem uh, promised yet, but. Anytime I've got a definite date on my calendar uh, that I know I get to hear John live or Lily live. And of course, now that, you know, I get to talk to you, my brother and all things Hyatt, every other week. What do I have to complain about?
0: Well, it is a joy. Um, Linda asked, is this a Doctor Who week or Hyatt week? I said, it's a Hyatt week. She was no wonder you're smiling. So
1: yes.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's, let's go through just the facts.
1: Okay. Just the facts. Today we are talking about cold river, which was track number eight on master of disaster an album that was released June 21st, 2005. It is the third song that we've discussed from this album. Um, and, uh, It's the second longest song on the album, second to Ain't Ever Going Back No More. I have already kind of talked a little bit about the backing band, the North Mississippi All-Stars, and even I think I got into the cover art of um, Master of Disaster and how that came about with the producer Jim Dickinson kind of liking this idea of a character wrestler. But um, I did want to just kind of talk a little bit about uh something that Michael Elliott shared in his book Take a Drink. Um for those of you who don't know, we, we're constantly referring to Elliot's book or Mike Elliott's book. That is Have a Little Faith, the John Hyatt Story by Michael Elliott, who is a journalist that I have actually been quoting in my fanzine for years and years before he published John's biography. And he just did a lovely job. So in full uh, Respect paid to Michael. Here's a little quote about the recording of um, Master of Disaster. The other star of the sessions was a new Sonoma 24 direct stream digital recording and editing system. Hyatt had recently discovered the technology and was trying it out in his home studio when he decided to bring it in with him to Arden int- introduce Dickinson to its wonder. It's not like sound reproduction, Jim Dickinson admitted at the time. It's like being in the room with first generation audio. It's the best sound I've ever heard. And um, I'll leave it at that. You can read more about it, as I've often shared. Jesse and I are not musicians. But I will say that listening to this, there is something very pure about the sound through the entire record, and it definitely pays off in this song, which is such a powerful story. Uh that before we get into the story of it, those are the facts. Uh, no charting, and I wasn't able to find many covers of this song. So unfortunately, we're just going to have to stick with the original.
0: Which is not necessarily a bad thing. So, okay, we're going to break this down where I will get the lyrics wrong because <laughs> I posted off of the internet and uh sylvan will correct me but that's part of the joy of doing this podcast
1: yes john if you are ever listening or clip this this is why we need printed lyric sheets and why we need you to continue to do that when you produce albums
0: all right we will be right back in a minute
2: hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds
0: had no really strong remembrance of this song Mm -hmm. and so as I was listening to it I went wow this is this is a pretty good story song Mm -hmm. Uh, you know this is he's telling a story in this one Uh, so um, I will start us out and you will correct me if I got him wrong okay okay yep Well, he packed up his suitcase because the deal's gone down. She was slipping on her stockings. Lord, it made the sweetest sound. There was a baby in the reeds among the river outside of town. And he wound his pocket watch to set time spinning all around. So it's hard to know when to stop. So I'm going to stop there and go from there. How's that sound?
1: That sounds great.
0: Okay. Thoughts.
1: Well, we have a very clear picture. Uh, The setting of this story is very well established. And um, one thing that I was really kind of finding fun to think about that I hadn't ever thought about before is I have a very clear picture of these characters and so forth, I think you could make many arguments as to when this is. Again, this album was uh, released in 2005. I have never listened to this song and imagined these people that John is describing existing in 2005. There's something kind of old time cinema about the story that gives it a Bonnie and Clyde era, maybe, uh, setting. And when we get a little bit further into the lyrics, um, trigger warning that we are going to be talking about something that is politically polarizing and also possibly traumatizing, but I'm not making it up. It's there in the lyrics. And I wanted to get into a little bit of the history involved in that to help us set the timing. But so we've got a man and a woman who obviously have a sense of intimacy because he is noticing her taking down her stockings and thinking that it's sweet. And then there is an abandoned child. Um, and then we've got the pocket watch imagery, which kind of like, to me, has a little bit of a carelessness to it that like, oh, I'll just come and take out my watch and not give a second thought to the fact that we just talked about a baby in the reeds outside of town and here they are in a hotel room. What about you, Jesse?
0: So I love the idea you brought up the time period. This feels like Paper Moon time period, right? That the, um, which is a very old, outdated movie. Um, but, you know, this this set during the 30s or 40s, Depression, this feels, um, you know, this is not quite Bonnie and Clyde, but this is a, this is a pair of Of hucksters. These are people who are, you know, taking advantage to people of people, and they are con artists. They are professional drifters. And Mm -hmm. this, um, and you know, especially once you go through the song the first time and then you hear it again, right? He packed up his suitcase because the deal's gone down. So whatever they had done, they they've they've scored they've made they've they've taken their marks money and now then they need to go and um you know they sounds like they might have celebrated um you know because she's slipping on her stocking so maybe mm-hmm. they had celebrated the score by doing what grown-ups do and um so this this is just, it, I see this movie in my mind and it's a, it's a not true black and white. It's that old kind of where they try TV to make it, Yeah. They make it look grainy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And um, you winding the pocket watch with this, you know, you're looking at the time you almost could see you know, the time spinning around, you could almost see him twirling the pocket watch. So yeah, that's, that's my imagery when I get into this.
1: Yeah. Um, and that idea of wanting to reset maybe, or just kind of be the master of time, um, not to step on your other podcast. Uh,
0: Jesse,
1: um, yeah. Um, and it it is also powerful. I almost forgot that you read that first sentence because it's so clear. First verse, because it was so clear in my mind. Yeah. Now my turn to go. Yes. Wasn't long. They'd be forgetting this old rainy Texas day. Little fellow wasn't meant for this old world. Anyway, gambling and whoring, hiding from plain view. Tell me which one of these rounders us rounders. Would you trust this poor child to. Um. One of the things I was trying to track down before we started talking about this is I'm pretty sure I have a live version where John explains that he wrote this song while he was on tour in Austin. And there's something about every time he stops in Austin, he writes a song that he's particularly proud of and can't wait to get on an album. So I, I love that there is a reference to Texas in that line, which at least gives me, some credibility in uh, that memory if I can't actually track down the note about it. But um I just again, we've got some very vivid characters gambling and whoring, hiding from plain view. Um they're they're saying to themselves, hey, we're not trustworthy, we're not a be able to have a kid. What are you talking about? And um Also, starting off with saying, wasn't long they'd be forgetting this old rainy Texas day. Like, this might be noteworthy in that we're putting it down in a story, but it's barely a blip in these characters' lives. We are going to just move on, like we're packing up our suitcases from any town, could be anywhere, and we could be leaving a towel behind, let alone a baby, Um, and
0: so this is where you go um is this symbolism that they're leaving uh it in you know like moses in the basket you know in the bulrushes or is it um actuality right that they don't want this child and because when you say the little fellow wasn't meant for this old world anyway that almost sounds like they are putting something out of its misery
1: mm-hmm. right
0: which is a very uncomfortable thought
1: absolutely about,
0: about a child and then you know and and they're almost excusing themselves right to say mm-hmm. Tell me, which one of us rounders would you trust this poor child to? Like, really, you want us to raise a child?
1: He'd be better off without us.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so, but in what context are they, are they leaving it on the steps of the firehouse, you know, uh, where it can be found or not, you know? Um, and thankfully
1: he doesn't leave that entirely ambiguous. Uh, right. There's interpretation and everything, but yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so you just roll on cold river, wash little Moses down. We've got business to attend to in Chicago town in Chicago town. So uh, once again, we get the Moses reference, The mm-hmm. the cold river the idea that um in chicago right the big city the where you know where there is a lot of money to be made there is a lot of rubes to fleece and it's the big time
1: yes so if i can uh pause there for a couple of uh historical notes and i am not a historian But I used to work for a company that digitized old newspapers. And one of the things that we found kind of fascinating was that when you have a newspaper from the 1800s, sometimes the location of the newspaper is not the modern name. So I thought that I remembered this happening, that Chicago Town was a historic name of Chicago, Illinois, and that I could therefore place the timing of this by the uh the the term Chicago town. In fact, Chicago uh has always been a city since it was incorporated in 1837. So I had to backtrack a little bit further and say, okay, well, she's got stockings instead of pantyhose. Pantyhose began to be manufactured in 1959. So I'm thinking it's before the 1960s. However, um a little bit further, we have the mention of a truck stop, and truck stops didn't really exist until the modern highways existed, so that brings us to the 1940s. So all of that being said, I kind of started to close in on this idea of these characters existing in the 40s, kind of after Bonnie and Clyde, but perhaps maybe inspired by the stories of Bonnie and Clyde.
0: All right, you want to take us next?
1: Sure. Sure. Well, they rolled out of Austin on some kind of cattle train. She'd been with him for a year, but didn't know his second name. He worked the small town's hustling nine ball. She hooked the truck stops too. They were trying to make Chicago before the winter came blowing through. Um, Also, just, I happened to um, somehow come up with the fact that by 1915, there were 830 pool halls in Chicago. So if they were trying to get to Chicago to hustle up some nine ball, that was a good place for it.
0: So yeah, you want to make Chicago because you don't want to be in the plains of Texas during the winter, even though Texas winters are much milder than Vermont winters, but (laughs) the idea, right. That you, there's nothing there. They're desolate. So I need to get to a city so that, um, I should be able to make a living. Um, I love the idea of hustling nine ball. And then she was supporting herself by, um, visiting with people, shall we say? (laughs) Um, and, So she's been with him for a year, didn't know his second name. So not last name, second name. Is that his last name or is that a alias he has?
1: Oh, interesting. I never thought of it as an alias um, because I always, it it struck me as a Southern phrase of second name being your last name. But I I like that uh, ambiguity, Jesse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Um, and
1: um, yeah, I, and I love the idea that they're, these are two people who have just kind of been kind of surviving the only way they know how. And when you're in survival mode, time does go by. And then all of a sudden you look around and say, it's been a year. And you know there are probably a few questions I should have asked at the beginning of that year, but I guess it doesn't matter now because here we are and okay
0: yeah and this whole idea of traveling drifting from city to city making a living by being friendly or um hustling you know pool in their they are not outs they are not upstanding citizens it's very much Mm -hmm. they painted this picture right Hmm. um so some tricker some trucker sprang a leak in california they suppose started working arizona lord she missed the bloody rose um so i assume this is their hitchhiking or going through is that what i got out of this
1: yeah and um you know they're basically drifting drifters um from place to place, uh, which is confirmed in the next verse. They, they ramble through the Southwest making money and making time, but they never could find no help, not a doctor, not that kind. And I didn't mean to rush ahead there, but I kind of couldn't um, start talking about one thing and not go immediately into the other. Um, I, it, it, this song is just so vivid and also devastating that he very casually m- mentions that she's in trouble. She got pregnant, um, to not use the euphemism that John uses. And the way that he mentions it, that they they started working in Arizona, and it was probably in California that the problem came to be. You can just imagine them kind of sitting around and saying, wait a second, how long has it been and where were we then and what, who was I with and wasn't I careful enough, I thought I was careful enough and oh well I, I guess it must have been that and there's nothing we can do to rewrite that history but we got to keep on going with uh, the reality that we now have that went from hard to harder. And um, it, I am going to trigger warner everyone that I, I am going to pro- make political statements that not everyone could agree with. Um, I, I read the lyric of, they never could find no help, not a doctor, not that kind, meaning that this is at least in a place, if not a time, that abortion was illegal. And these are people that would have been helped by illegal abortion, not just the uh, adults that we're seeing in the story, but the baby in the reeds that was eventually left. And so, again, trying to um, look back and place the uh, timing of this story. By 1900, abortion was a felony in just about every state. So, I'm going to call it probably later than 1900 Roe versus Wade uh most people probably know better than me was 1973 so that again that kind of puts us in the sometime before the 70s I'm kind of uh liking the idea of it being the 40s and I also am imagining these people as they're trying to get enough money to survive, to get a warm place, to stay for a night, to put food in their bellies, that they're also kind of making those kind of casual drops of like, hey, do you know where we might find a doctor? You know, like that kind of doctor. And just how sad that is. And the way he phrases it of they never could find no help. Not a doctor, not that kind. And these are people who needed a little bit of a calf, even if they chose not to take it, toward safety, not just for them, but for the um, poor child.
0: Yeah, and Lord, she missed the bloody rose is a very, very visual way of saying Right, she's pregnant. Uh-huh. She's missed her period. Um, and you could make the argument that if I was justifying myself, if I was this guy, you know, we don't want to do what we did. We were trying to find someone to quote unquote take care of this problem, uh-huh. and they couldn't find no help. Um and it Let's keep going. And then I think when we do Backtrack some summary, to there's a lot yeah. to, to talk about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so back to the chorus, you just roll on cold river, wash little Moses down. We've got business to attend to in Chicago town, in Chicago town. Do you want to take the next verse?
0: Sure. So some women love their babies. Some women won't have one. Some Texas woman found him and we're still on the run. The kind of life we're living, he'd only slow us down and good for nothing anyway, just rambling town to town. Um, The the, right there are some people, they say, that are born mothers, and Mm -hmm. others rightly say. They should not have children. There are people who should not have children. And um, once again, skip ahead five minutes if you don't want to hear political um, talk. Um, if true, boy, I, I am on my soapbox now. If people were truly concerned about unwanted pregnancies, we would invest in sex education, free birth control, and uh, better and health. Child
1: care. yeah, and Child care.
0: Yes. After the Um, baby is born. Right. So, um, and, you know, some women love their baby. Some women won't have one. Some Texas woman found him and we're still on the run. So the hope, because, you know, I'm an optimist, the baby was found and they saw Mm -hmm. that it was found and they're like, okay, we can move on. But this idea, we're not built for a family. Mm-hmm. We can't, we're not going to put that kid in a desk, in, in a, a chest of drawers, uh, you know, we're going to pull out the little drawer, put a blanket in there and make that the crib. No, we, we've got to get to Chicago. We have, we have big plans. We've got to do things. And he's just, he or she is going to slow us down.
1: I'm st- laughing because that was my first crib <laughs> <You> love- <laughs> before I Got on the plane home from New Orleans. Uh, you know, mom wasn't going to try to pack up a, a, a crib for the f- very short time that I was there before she came home to her family. So she said, I emptied oh, out my bureau and I put you in the, the thing and it was just big enough. So
0: <laughs> did not know this in advance. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, and. You made the point that um, some Texas woman found him. You picture that as they were watching and they know this for a fact. I think I always hear that lyric as the omniscient narrator stepping back, not the characters in the story knowing this for a fact. When you proposed that, I was like, huh. A third way to read it is that's the story they're telling themselves And they don't know it for a fact. And this could be an even sadder story than we we have in front of us. But um, it's interesting that, like, there's so much guilt in this song. And it could be self-recrimination. But there's also this, like, this defensiveness. And, like, hey, don't judge us. Because, you know, we did the best we could by this child, and you know, we never had a good start to begin with. How could we have possibly managed any better?
0: Absolutely. And so now then there are those scenarios, right? That um realistically they probably would not have watched. Mm-hmm. They would have put them. And, um, and candidly, you aren't even sure if they would put him in a little boat. Uh-huh. when they talk about that cold river, washed little Moses down, it you could think of the absolutely worst thing that they're doing. Uh-huh. and so, um the same way that people will do with unwanted um kittens or puppies right mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely and the justification the kind of life we're living he'd only slow us down and good for nothing anyway just rambling town to town so not only would they slow us down but you wouldn't want us to be parents anyway you right. know you're we're better off whatever happened to this young child than being with us.
1: And then we uh, go back to the chorus, and I I do... um, I love that he uses the phrase, wash little Moses down, um, because uh, John was an altar boy and Catholic, so he obviously read the Old Testament a time or two. Ten Commandments was a popular movie around the time of uh, John's childhood or probably earlier than him, but I'm sure he saw the Ten Commandments in his childhood. I was struck. um, I once worked for a religious publisher and we did a lot of midrash. So one of the uh, stories was from the perspective of Moses's biological mother and the story of her hiding the baby um, in the river and watching as the Pharaoh's wife pulled the baby out. I'm assuming that most people know this, so I don't have to go into more detail than that, but uh, the the storyteller did a great job of kind of showing in both women's head that they both knew exactly what was going on, that the Pharaoh's wife knew that she was hiring the biological mother to take care of the child and that she was seeing that as an act of mercy and so forth so the phrase wash little Moses down to me evokes those stories and that there's probably a lot more mercy in here than we see on the surface and also that idea of baptism of the sins being washed away and The down probably is the unfortunate word there that maybe I'm just being way too optimistic and it's not the story that uh, is intended. But I I really see this as a a kind of a a new beginning and at least for the child that some Texas woman found him and Mm -hmm. that past he gets a clean slate from.
0: And if that isn't the reality, that is the reality they're telling themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because it ends. Well, he unpacked his suitcase. She pulled her stockings down. Right. We've now flipped it. Uh started out with him packing his suitcase up. She's putting her stockings on. Started dreaming up a pool hall and shooting up around. So thinking about, okay, we're going to go. I'm going to hustle. And she thought about tomorrow when the money rolled around that night, they slept like babies in Chicago town. They have no guilt mm-hmm. and in their mind. They did the right thing that this unwanted child is going to be found by a very sweet, um, Texas widow woman which may not be the Pharaoh's uh,
2: daughter or,
0: uh, you know, wife, and um, she's going to raise it and they will have a wonderful life and they can keep doing what they're
1: doing. Yeah. And I mean, there's plenty of ways to and cliches that talk about the absence of guilt or um, sleeping soundly, but he says they slept like babies and, you know, um, <laughs> how soundly was the baby sleeping in the reeds and so forth so so those are what's going on in the story and the lyrics which is great I have to talk about um, Cody Dickinson's drum on this uh, song because it is relentless and it's also almost soothing in a way, you know, it it evokes the idea of this constant road and travel, but it could also just be, you know, walking or a lullaby almost. (laughs) I've never thought of a drum being like a lullaby, but it's just so gentle and soothing and, um, yeah, I mean, I I just, I love how the North Mississippi All-Stars perform this. And this is one where I don't want to hear a bunch of covers or I don't want to hear a solo version. I don't know if I have ever heard John perform this live without the North Mississippi All-Stars behind him. But I do know when I did see them perform, they did the song and it was great. And it was like everyone was holding their breath, you know, like they were in the room with these characters wishing they could do something and completely unable to change the outcome because it does If the way that he frames this with the very similar images and lines at the beginning and the end you know that there's no way to rewrite this story or to make these characters end up somewhere different they, they're on their trajectory and there's nothing even a life-changing event like a birth uh, that's going to knock them off the course. Um, all that comes through in the musical performance as well.
0: I agree with you on that there is a beautiful to that that beat that in, in John's voice is just matter of factly telling the story. We mm-hmm. got to get to Chicago Town. We got to do this. We got to do this. And and it is a i i have not heard it live i would love to hear it live um and it is i this is we talked about this at the beginning this is a wonderful dark story song mm-hmm. and i don't mean it's a wonderful as it's happy this is just a well told story that You have a beginning, you have a middle, you have an end. Um, We, there is some ambiguity of do you want to go to the dark path of what happened? Or do you want to hope for the best like these, you know, man and woman do? Um, And it is, uh, I feel like this is an outlier to john's normal songwriting do you agree
1: i mean it's definitely the case that usually he's talking in the first person and you imagine whoever he's talking about is himself these characters seem very distant as i said i i instantly wanted to know what time we were set in because it didn't feel like we were set even in present time so that's very much an outlier for john Although as I was thinking about it and I was getting ready to talk to you about it, I was kind of thinking of a through line of who are these people in connection to Trudy and Dave? You know, that is another story where there's a young couple who have done some not great things, shooting up an automatic teller machine, but they've got the baby with them and they're doing these kind of domestic things like going to the laundromat and, um, I kind of wondered if there was some kind of through line that like, what if these are Trudy's grandparents or Trudy's parents that she was abandoned as a, a or I guess it would have had to have been Dave's parents because it was he, little fella, Um, you know, and then the sins of the father repeat themselves and, you know, good as she could be is another one where we have, a parent who's not quite up to the task that uh, decides to come back home after running away for a while. So it, I would love a filmmaker to take up these threads and put them together in a shortcuts kind of uh, Robert Altman kind of way. If anyone's listening and has the resources to do that, I won't take credit for the idea.
0: It This very much feels like a a short story. It could be an an Elmore Leonard short story, right? Mm. This, this this couple that's on the wild side of the track and, and doing this. Um you you could actually see you know a film version of this. Um, and yeah I um so I just you're going to call me dumb. So
1: I would never call you dumb. The yes.
0: trucker springing a leak is a busted condom. Right. Duh, I just had that moment like holy shit. So <laughs> duh, yes. So um sorry, just randomly like damn this is well written.
1: How many times have you heard it? Yeah.
0: Exactly. I just did not collect that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's the other aspect of it too, is that, um, for whatever reason, they're assuming that it wasn't these two people that were responsible for the child, which, you know, maybe is a little bit of also projection of like, well, that's why we're not keeping it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so
1: um yeah um but I, I i'm there are very few songs that the characters are so vivid in just a few lines really that you want to know what happened next and you know i he tells us they slept like babies and you kind of imagine that they just kind of went on until they got caught or they got sick or, you know, they fell through the cracks the way that the people who are not in the, you know, main line of society fall through the cracks and we don't have to worry about it. You know, I mean that absolutely sarcastically. And
0: yeah, honestly. no, I understand.
1: Um, But the fact is like, he created people that I care about. And I'm curious about and want to know more about. And I like that feeling. I'm okay with like, I'm not going to be pastoring John after a show and say, Hey, what were those guys names? Or, was it Trudy and Dave, or, you know, was the baby uh, yeah. Dave or, you know. but um, it, it's weird to think of it as fun, but it is fun. And it's especially fun for me to imagine John, you know, sitting in a hotel board And having these larger than life people just show up in his brain and come out as he's picking up his Gibson, you know, like, I I don't know how that magic happens, but I just love that we get to reap the rewards of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And this. Sometimes you aren't supposed to like the stories and the characters in a story, but still like the story.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Um, and that's the case here. Um where we are not, I don't know if even they're supposed to be likable, but to do this, to do what they're doing, you know, there's at least has to be a little bit of that. Um I
1: think they can be sympathetic, but yes, not like I think so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else?
1: no yeah. just uh once again that like i really enjoyed um the energy that the north mississippi all stars uh brought and um i'd love to be proven wrong that this particular combination of john and those guys is the only way to make this work i'd, I'd love to hear different versions of this
0: and i think sometimes that the tone and the musical pattern can change the meaning of the song mm-hmm. and how it emotionally affects you. So I think that's, yeah. That, um, This was, I'm so glad you brought it musically, right? It is, it starts off and it's just this um, matter of fact, kind of telling a story, you know, and not, in a overly happy way, but not in an overly sad way either. Just here's what happened and here and here and here and here. And they slept like babies. The end.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I am really curious what rating you're going to give this one. <laughs> um I absolutely do not think this is a five star song. Um because it's my turn to go first. Okay. Um, I, and I don't know, you can't, you do a better job of defining why you give ratings than I do, you know, and the whole, I, I don't know what, um, how to define it, but I know when I go, this does not feel like a five-star song, but I also think it's so well-written that it has to be better than a three, mm-hmm. right? Because, and three is a good song. We we've talked about that. We've established that. But this is so well told, mm-hmm. and the the lyrical story. I mean i I heard this probably two dozen times over the past two days, and like I said, literally just now. Holy crap! that's what that leak meant okay um so there is a complexity to these lyrics that when you read it the story again this is like a book that you get something more out of it so i'm gonna give this a solid four
1: okay um i was also kind of teetering and i also land on a solid four because for me the difference between a three and a four is you're in your car a song comes on and you're enjoying it and it goes by and you love it that's a three you're enjoying it the song comes to an end and you go oh man I forgot how good a song that was that's a four and that's kind of the experience I have with this each time I put on the whole album or it just comes along on shuffle it's like oh man I don't know how he does that magic of telling those stories so vividly and putting you in a lullaby kind of mode while you're completely entranced it's like watching a movie you know like the lights come up and you go whoa has two hours already gone by? Has the three minutes already gone by?
0: And, and I I think the words lullaby is perfect, right? This does have that, I'm telling you a bedtime story.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's not a happy bedtime story necessarily. As most it,
1: fairy tales aren't.
0: Exactly, yes. So uh, yeah, re- really well, well done. So yeah, so we're both fours.
1: We're of solid fours there. Yep.
0: Good. Very nice. All right. If someone wants to tell us why this is a five, how can they?
1: They can email PD at gmail. They could find our Facebook page, perfectly good podcast. I am Sylvan Groth on Facebook, and we are always checking in on the John Hyatt fan page. I'm also Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter and yourself, Jesse.
0: So I am at Jesse Jackson, DFW on Twitter. Um, I am Jesse Jackson, Louisville, Texas on Facebook. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts and let us know what you're thinking. Please go to wherever you are getting your podcast and leave us a review. Uh, five stars, uh, tell us what you think and share this podcast with someone. Uh, we would we have a lovely uh, listener fan base but we would love for it to expand and i want not just because we want more people to hear the podcast we want people more people to hear john's music and that's the true reason of why i hope you share this around so yeah and
1: for people to um gain the fuller appreciation to john's music that we have as i said that you know sometimes you're just listening to a song and you're not paying attention it's really fun to pay attention
0: It is. It is very fun. Um, All right. So, so Sylvan, once again, a a joy. This is always a highlight uh, on my week when we get to do this. Uh, So we will keep watching announcements for hopefully tour dates. You're going to get to see Lily. I'm hoping she's going to come down south. And uh, we're going to go from there, right?
1: Yes, so everybody um be safe, get vaccinated, protect our health rights, protect the social justice that keeps people from falling through the cracks, and have a little faith.
0: Have a little faith.
1: Bye, bye. Baby, we can come on home and put the cow horns
2: back on the cat and change the on the of.